Let's talk about good sex. You know, that kind of sex where you and your partner come at the same time. (laughs) Unfortunately, that rarely happens. And that's because there's an orgasm gap. And women take a little bit longer to come than guys. But that is okay because Promescent has the solution. It is their delay spray. Okay, their delay spray is not just for guys with P.E., It is for any guy who wants to last longer in bed without having to worry about it. It's not going to totally numb you out and it's not going to transfer to your girl. And Promescent has a whole line of products for your girl. I use their warming gel. I love it. Your girl will love it. And they also sell lube. They sell condoms. They have supplements that will make you and your partner hornier. They are a one-stop shop for everything you need for a really hot night of SEX. <laughs> I love Promescent products and so will you. So go get yourself some. Go to DelaySpray.com. That's DelaySpray.com to get all your Promescent products. They have free shipping as well as a money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. Plus, your package is going to arrive discreetly so no one will know what the F you bought. So go to DelaySpray.com now for all your Promescent products. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me right now at Strict Anonymous. That's at Strict Anonymous if you're listening on a podcast app, which most likely you are either that or on YouTube. (laughs) Make sure to follow my show, subscribe if you could write a great review because you love my show. That's always awesome. If you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. Everybody remains anonymous, even to me. Most people, I'm assuming, email me from fake emails. They call me from fake numbers. You could block it. Uh, I change everybody's voices, so you definitely remain anonymous. If you want to be on the show, like I said, while remaining anonymous, just tell me about your secret, naughty, interesting life, or you have a problem that you want to talk about and your friends don't want to hear it anymore, or you have no friends, you could call in. You could either DM me on Instagram or Twitter, that's at Strict Anonymous, or you could go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on Be On The Show, or you could email me, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to do it. And when you email me to be on the show, please give me some details, not just one sentence saying, hi, I want to be on the show, I have a great story. I need to know what that story is. So don't give me a five paragraph email, but give me like a one paragraph email with some bullets about what your story is all about. You could also DM me, did I say on Instagram or Twitter, that's at strict anonymous. You could also call into my confessions hotline. Those calls there remain anonymous too. When I post them on my Patreon, which I do for most of the confessions that come in, I change the voices there as well. You could call into my confessions hotline 24 seven. That number is 347 420-3579. That's 
3579. You could call that, like I said, 24-7. I don't answer that phone. Don't text me there. Don't FaceTime me there. Don't WhatsApp me there. I'm not going to talk to you there. But I will take confessions there as well as if you want to be on the show, you could leave me what you want to talk about there if you can't stand typing like I do. I'm more of a talker. I would hate to have to write somebody what I want to talk about. You know, so if you're like me, you could do that. That's another option. Now, if you want to talk to me on the DL because you have a problem and you don't want to tell anyone about it, but you're looking for some unprofessional advice, I give that kind of advice. I give good advice, I think. People do sometimes want to talk to me on the DL. I offer that service. Uh, those calls are not aired. If you want to do that, email me at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Links to all the things I just told you are all in the description, so you don't have to bother trying to remember anything. It's all in the description, as well as links to this week's caller, who is Casey. Now, Casey has been on before. They say things come in three. Well, Casey comes in three. She's been on two other times. This is her third uh, time and her first two episodes, if you want to hear them, one is 527 and the other one is 548. 527 is her whole backstory. You definitely want to hear that if you haven't heard it yet because it's super interesting. She called in and talked all about how she got into the lifestyle, how she met her guy and all the SDX she has had with him, which is very hardcore. On that conversation, she talked about how she loved having gangbangs and like needed to have them all the time. So we got her back on for a second, or I got her back on for a second interview. And that one, we focused all on gangbangs. That's episode 548. And on that episode, she dropped the bomb on me that she had like a jizz fetish. Now, jizz, cum, sperm, I don't know what your word of choice is. I like the word jizz, so you probably hear me say jizz a lot. But anyway, when she told me that she had a fetish for jizz, I was like, oh my goodness, you need to come back on and tell me all about that. And that's what she did on this call. And we talk about a lot more because Casey is that type of girl where you get her talking and then she just drops all these other bombs. So we first start talking about her fetish for jizz, and then we get into her other fetishes and other things that she's she's done, okay? She loves being an exhibitionist. She had a lot of foot fetish boyfriends, and it turned out that I didn't know this, but she was like a foot fetish model. That ties into her jizz uh, fetish because, listen, Casey was not always into people coming on her. She was actually very anti it, mostly all of her life when she was younger. And she tells the story about why she was anti it, as well as the progression of how she got really into it to the point she is now, which is she's, it's very much a fetish for her. I mean, she likes all kinds of cum. The worst kind for her is the one you swallow it because she doesn't get to enjoy it. She enjoys rubbing it all over herself. She enjoys it drying in her panties and overnight on her skin and all this kind of hardcore stuff. And she talks all about it. Like I said, how she went from hating it to loving it. She worked in a dungeon at some point. Who knew? Okay. I've talked to her so many times before. I thought I knew everything. Uh-uh. She always comes in with something new. And of course, we talked about what she did at the dungeon, what she did when she was a foot fetish model, like where all the guys came on her. She also talks about her, how her and her husband came clean about their fetishes and kinks uh, during their relationship. She tells me what was on her husband's list. One of those things was vomiting. Okay, I have a funny story about that. <laughs> she also talks about like the hardcore stuff that was on 
her list. She talks about how she got into some of the things that were on her husband's list that she wasn't into before. And she talks about how that could happen. She's somebody that will never say no. And that, I think, is a lesson that Casey could teach other people because she has not been into a lot of things that she's really into now because she doesn't say no. She tries things out, fucking goes for it, and it turns out she has wound up getting into all kinds of things, including uh, her husband's fetishes that she talks about. She gets a lot of requests, and she likes those requests. Like, the weirder the request, the better. She is always down. She says she gets, like, bored super easy. So when she gets, like, a really crazy request, she's, like, into it. Uh, And one of those is a humiliation. She has gotten into recently humiliating guys with small dicks. You know, that whole small dick humiliation thing? Turns out she's really good at it, and she talks about that. And she talks about a whole lot of other things. So I am going to get right to it and get right back on with Casey. All of her links to finding her is in the description. All of the links to her other episodes are also in the description. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Casey. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hi, Casey. Welcome back. Do you use your last name, Casey Donatello? Welcome back to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back. Well, you did mention on a previous episode that you were like addicted to jizz. And I was like, oh my God, we have to get you back on because I did tell a story about I only had one other woman on in my whole eight years of doing my show there was one woman who came on and talked about the fact that she was like obsessed with jizz and uh but she couldn't talk and it was like pulling teeth but it was like one of my most highly downloaded episodes that I was like oh my god I need to get Casey back to talk about her like obsession with jizz I don't know if I'm going to air this on a fetish Friday or a regular episode but I just want to let people know that you have been on before if they want your full backstory You were on. It's episode 527. That's where Casey gets into her whole history of how she got into doing all kinds of things when it comes to SEX. And then the second episode was all about gangbangs. I mean, I think you mentioned on that gangbang that you did a gangbang once a week for a whole year. And then somebody added it up and it was like, oh, she did more than that's not 60 gangbangs or something. I don't know. Someone was doing gangbang math and <laughs> calling you out on it. I'm like, trust me, she's not fucking lying. That episode, if you want to hear all about Casey's gangbang experience, that episode is 548. Now, because things come in three, and I do believe that, uh, and three is my fucking number, we are having you on for a third time to talk about your fetish for jizz, your jizz fetish, your obsession with fetish. What would you call it, Casey? <laughs> I would call it a fetish. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what? A fetish, yeah. A fetish is something that like you really, really, you know, need. Um, and it's something that, you know, if I don't have it, I get very upset. It's more than just like a kink or right. something I like. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of like my very top fetishes. Yeah. That's interesting. What are your other fetishes? Well, definitely one being an exhibitionist is top of the line. Um, Definitely come. We've talked about the DV a lot. Um, I would say those are my like main fetishes, but then I have a bunch of like other kinks that I'm into. But when I have a play date or something, those are the three that I really need to have, you know, like a stellar night 
You want people watching while you have two dicks in your pussy and then you want them to come all over you <laughs> at first. Like that is very simple. I'm so easy to satisfy, right? <laughs> for guys, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think for you it's hard. I mean, I think it's easy for the guys to satisfy you, but for you to get all of that going on at all times, it might be a little hard for you to get. I don't know. You tell me. Do you feel like you get that every single time you have sex? Because it is a you say it's a fetish and it's what you kind of need. Is that how you roll every time? Well, you know, what's really funny how you said it sounds easy for the guys. It's actually not as easy as you think. A lot of guys get like major stage fright and stuff when you yeah. want them to come like on command. Or I've noticed a lot of guys think it's going to be hot. But the minute one person comes on you, the other guy is no longer you, you know, like freaks them out to have oh. like interaction with other people's come. Mm -hmm. Um, so that used to surprise me all the time. Now I'm used to it. And, you know, I mentally prepare that it might not turn out, but we'll have nights where we tell like four guys, like, come on me. And only one or two of them are able to do it. So it's very, very interesting how, you know, the mind and the body don't always cooperate, you know? Yeah, I have heard that. I remember there was one person once called up a woman and talking about how like, oh, she's at the swinger party and like her guy couldn't get it up. And I'm like, oh, please, like what guy can't get up, especially if he's like out of place. But honestly, I was totally wrong. That happens to be something so much, that I've so heard. Much, yes, so yes. It's like whatever it is, it's actually harder in those scenarios uh, than one-on-one -on -one sex. And I didn't oh, realize that. The pressure, yeah, yeah. The pressure is so intense because now you have, especially if there's other people watching, you know, it puts so much pressure. And then I'm talking about like some guys are hard. They fuck me all night. But then when we're like, all right, like come on our face right now, then they're like, oh, shit, like I really have to do this right now. And then everybody's waiting. And the longer it takes, the more awkward it gets, you know. So that's a very good point that people out of the lifestyle think, you know, everything goes smoothly all the time, but it doesn't. It's very difficult to be in a position where, you know, you're performing on command with people you just met. You might not even know their names. Yet. You know, like it depends the scenario you're in, but they're very high stake situations that, you know, we play in. And it is very complicated sometimes. And some people, you know, react better than others. Sometimes the longer you're in the lifestyle, the better you adapt to it. You know, so someone, if it's their first experience, they might not get hard at all. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have people that have been in the lifestyle a long time. They just have an off night and they can't get hard. So, you know, there's so many factors that go into stuff, but it's not always 100% success rate. That's, you know, that's impossible to achieve. There's always problems that arise. Yeah, I was like, it was some woman who had called in. I remember thinking she was full of shit anyway. And then when she started to talk about all this getting it up issues at the swingers club, I was like, please, you know. But well, like I said, I've heard it so many times since that I was like that. I still think she was full of shit, but I think that one part of it wasn't full of shit because I've heard so many other people say it. And I think it's loaded. You know, you like you said, there's that pressure of having to do it on command. There's a lot of other things going on. Maybe they get in their head about it because they might be touching swords, crossing swords. There's a lot going on. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast.com 
at gmail.com or go to my website, Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Well, I even had, when I was a unicorn and I met guys one-on-one, they had problems too. And again, I think it's because we literally just met. There's no getting to know each other. You know, not everybody can just say hi, get naked and fuck. Some people need a little more, but they don't realize they need that because the fantasy sounds so hot. Yeah. And I remember when I first started doing it, I had a string of guys that couldn't get hard and I took it personally. I was like getting, my self-esteem was being crushed. And then a couple of people that I knew said, no, 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 this happens all the time. It's not you. Sometimes guys are, they're nervous, they're intimidated, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to really train myself to understand that it was not my fault because it gets depressing after a while, you know? And I would say the ratio is the same from when I was single to now that I'm married with guys' performance. It, it hasn't been affected by whether it's just me solo or there's other people. I would say it's the same amount of failure, you know? Right. It's just that sort of transactional sex that it's all about performance. There's nothing else going on. Yeah. I always knew because I always had a lot of guy friends. I always knew that a guy that can't get it up is never your fault. And I never cared about it because I always knew it was uh, on them and not on me. But I think so many women don't know that. You know, I always had to counsel a lot of my girlfriends when they would have an experience like that because you would think, oh, it's me. It's like, no, guys can fucking get it up for anything. Okay. If they're not getting it up, it's like something that's going on with them. It has nothing to do with like, you think your thighs are too big or something. You know, I mean, that's what a girl's going to think. Oh, I don't look good. My body, like guys, like they see tits and ass and a pussy, even if it's not perfect for what they want they could get hard if they could get hard if they're not getting hard it's for some other reasons it's not right i mean unless you have something really horrifying going on like a bad smell yeah i think that's why it's so counterintuitive for women because we assume we're raised to assume guys get hard at like the snap of a finger just looking at you know so we assume that us being there naked is gonna like magically make them hard without you know anything else needing to happen and that's not the case. There is so much more going on behind it. So you can't take it personally. And now, you know, I'm very sympathetic to guys. You know, I don't when they blame can. them. I yeah. Don't, mm-hmm. I don't get yeah. angry. We're like, take your time, whatever. Like, we try not to make them feel bad at all because we, you know, I totally understand it now. But in the beginning, I used to go home, like, feeling like shit. Like, you know, I did something. And so I think it's a good conversation for men and women to have together, you know, um, or to hear right now you talking about it and like explaining it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a shameful thing because guys get so embarrassed when they can't get hard and they really, you know, you shouldn't, it's okay. Maybe the vibe is off. Maybe something else happened. You know, maybe we see this a lot. Like a guy comes to a group thing for the first time Mm -hmm. because it's his fantasy, but he's never performed in front of other people. Like that's a huge deal. You know, totally, so yeah. sometimes you go the first time you just watch something, maybe you, you know, stay in the corner for a little bit, not in a creepy way, but you just kind of like understand what the vibe is. And then you decide to play like the second time, like that's okay to take your time. 
-hmm. There's no like right or wrong. It's whatever your brain and your body are comfortable with. So guys need to understand that, you know, and so do the women that are playing with them. Yeah, and listen, there's nothing worse that you could do for a guy who can't get it up than to talk about it. And then if the girl gets in her head that it's about her, there's even more pressure, and that pressure is what's causing the problem to begin with, so it's not going to go away. I'm going to tell a quick story about how I cured a guy of his getting it up problem, then we're going to move on to your jizz thing. (laughs) Because that's important. Like I had a guy who I was like banging, and he was like really dysfunctional so I was really attracted to him you know it was one of those kind of sick attractions you have for someone that I was just so horny for him and he had a big getting it up problem uh he couldn't his dick was never hard and I would just be like put it in soft and I would come from that because I was just so supercharged I never gave a shit I was like on a mission you know to scratch that itch and I didn't care about it I wasn't thinking about his dick I wasn't thinking oh he's not interested in me I wasn't in my head that way I was like there for a fucking orgasm and I would get it all the time and I would just like put it in soft you know, and I just treated him like a sex object. Like I didn't ruin the moment by that. I just, I would continue fucking him. I would put it in, do everything. And literally like, you know, a month later, his dick was getting hard all the time. And it was like, I cured him. And it's because I treated him like a fucking sex object. I didn't put it under a microscope and have a conversation and be like, why can't you get it up? You know, and listen, I, I understand why women do that. And you know, but I think it's like the worst thing you could do. The best thing you could do is like put it in fucking soft and just keep going on. And like I said, the minute, the more I, ju- I just treated him like a sex object the, and I never spoke about it. And literally his dick woke up. He, his hard on issue wasn't there anymore. And it's because, because of that, because I did the opposite, you know, so that's what you do. Don't ever take it personally, girls. If a guy can't get it on for you, it has yeah. nothing to do with you. And sometimes I'll say one more thing. If we have, say we have three guys there and one can't get hard, that doesn't mean he can't participate at all. Right. He can like hold my ponytail while the other guy is fucking me. He yeah. can call me names. Like there's still other ways they can have a good personality and like, you know, inch their way into the action. They don't have to just be like, you know, invisible in the corner. And the only thing, you know, I'm very considerate, like I said, but if there comes a point where, the guy is like really trying to like force the erection and stuff. That's when it gets really awkward. I'd rather us just be like, okay, it's not going to happen tonight. Maybe next time let's like do something else and keep the night going. But when the guy is just so adamant that he doesn't want to like let it go for the night, it becomes a little awkward for everyone, including me sometimes. Cause now I'm like, wow, I'm just an object and like a mission for the night versus, you know, this is a fun time. So there is that fine line where you just got to call it sometimes and not have any um, negative feelings towards the other person. But when it crosses over too long, then I'm just like, okay, this is getting really weird now. I don't like this anymore. So everybody just, you know, pay attention to the other person's feelings. Talk about it if you need to. Don't. Whatever. Don't talk about it. Don't fucking talk about it. Uh Uh-uh. Don't ever talk about the limp dick in the room. No. Just fucking go on with your thing. No. I mean, I'll say, like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, right, 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 right. Like, I'll brush it off. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll acknowledge it, but then move away from it. Yeah. But when they want to just spend, like, 30 minutes like of me sucking their cock that we know is not getting hard, that's when I get uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, we just need to like be adults and say this isn't happening right now. It's mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so that's my end of my story on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay so <laughs> let's get to your, now, first of all, how do you like, when did you realize you had this fetish for jizz and this love for it just being all over you? <laughs> 
So it's really interesting because it was not always a fetish I had. Mm-hmm. It was actually the opposite. I used to really hate it. And then over the years, it's just developed. So I, my, my youngest memory that I have is I was in like my early teens and some of my friends, my girlfriends were like very promiscuous. Mm-hmm. So we were all hanging out one night and we used to hang out like in parks and stuff. And I remember she went like into, you know, a secluded area with this kid and she gave him a blowjob and he came on her face. It got in her eye and then like her eyes swelled up and it was like, this whole big thing. Everybody was making fun of her. Everybody knew what happened. And I was so traumatized with that that I was like, oh, my God, like come is horrible. It's evil. I don't want anything to do with it. And, you know, that's how like time went for a while. And then I had dated um, a little later on in like my late teens, I dated a guy that had a foot fetish. And this was at the point where I still didn't know I was allergic to latex. So sex was horrible. I hated having sex. And once I learned about the foot fetish and he could like jerk off like on my feet and stuff, I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, I don't have to have painful sex. Can't you just like come on my feet, you know? And it was more born out of like necessity and survival kind of. And then I dated a second guy who had a foot fetish. Um, We were not using condoms. We were, you know, together and sex was now enjoyable. But also he was um, he kind of educated me more on having a foot fetish. And I kind of got into the mental part of it, like knowing how to turn him on and like really do things, you know, to make him go crazy. So then um, when I was dating him, somehow he found out about these foot fetish parties that they would have in the city. And he convinced me to like go be a model there. So then guys were like coming all over you and stuff. And, you know, you were making money from it. So I started to make this connection, I guess, um, where cum was not this horrible thing and there could be like fun, positive reactions to it. And then once I got into the lifestyle, you know, guys were different. They'd be like, oh, where can I come? Can I come in your mouth? Can I come on your, you know, all these different requests were coming. And I was a little taken aback by it because, you know, as you said, I'm like, come on my feet and stuff, but that wasn't really a big deal to me. So. I remember that having it on my face seemed like a very big deal to me. Like that was my most prized possession on my body. And if I just met you for the first time, like how dare you even think you could come on my face? Mm -hmm. You know, it was pretty funny. But then, you know, guys would like come on your back or your ass or something. And I started to enjoy like the feel of it, the look of it. Um, And then it escalated to where I was playing with guys that like used pussy. So like they wanted me coming to them covered in somebody else's cum. That was their fetish. So that turned them on. So, you know, all these little things start to add up and stuff. So over time, I would love being covered in it. I would let it dry and then like go to bed without showering. So you feel it like peeling and like flaking on your body the next day. Um, I'd have guys like come in my panties and then sleep in them, stuff like that. Oh, wow. That is sounds very fetishy for you, for sure. Yeah, but it's a very like slow process that I got this way. It was not like I just woke up and had this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And now my recent one from like a couple of years ago, I don't know where it came from. I love playing with it. So like if somebody comes on me, 
I'll like rub it all over my body, like lotion and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, where it's just like smeared all over me. Um, so that's one of my latest ones. And then a lot of people assume if you have a cum fetish, that means you like swallowing it. Yeah. Swallowing is one of my least favorite things because I feel like that's very, it's over in like two seconds. There's nothing like dramatic about it. Oh, so interesting. If, <laughs> yeah. It's, there's like no showmanship. Yeah, to it yeah. Or something. So like if people come in my mouth, I'm the type I'll like spit it back out and like wipe it all over my face. Like I do weird shit with it. I like the feel of it and the look of it. And the and drying out of it and everything. Yeah. yeah you really like thing. shit that lasts. Yeah. And the same thing if like a guy comes inside me in a condom, I'm just like, oh, that was like such a waste of cum, you know? Yeah. Um, and then even my husband, obviously he'll come inside me. We have unprotected sex. Um, and it's cool, but I don't get the same like pleasure from it. I'd rather him pull out and like come on me. Or one of the hottest things is if we're doing DV, the other guy has a condom on, but my husband will come inside me with the other guy. And then it like, you know, all comes out. So I definitely like the, I don't know if some people call it like the nastier stuff or yeah. it's like more like dramatic use of the cum. And I like guys that have really nice, like thick, creamy loads some guys it's like like it's more like yeah. translucent or like runny yeah you know i like the texture of it i guess mm -hmm. and the other thing with swallowing like not all guys come taste good everybody tastes very different totally. luckily like mm -hmm. my husband's i love his so that's a big plus for us um I always said I could work. I always said I could work for the cops and do drug testing because you could fucking taste that shit. I once had a boyfriend that was snorting heroin. I didn't know, but I do know that one time I blew him and swallowed his cum and I threw up immediately. And he had done heroin that night. It goes into oh like God. it. What? I said, oh, my God. Yeah, but it goes into your fucking sperm. You could tell, like, the sperm that's very, like, um, you know, tastes very... I, I can't explain it, but I know the difference. That I could tell clean cum with a guy that's not taking any pills or drugs compared to a guy that is popping pills or shit. Like, you could taste it in there, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's a very big difference. So, yeah, that's the thing with, like, swallowing it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is, A, I find it a little boring, but also some people do not taste good in your yeah. mouth. You know, yeah. like, you don't want it in there. Uh, so that, you know, but again, like someone coming in me or in my mouth, it's like, it's okay, but I really want to like use the cum in a more creative way. So, you know, we do videos, like he comes in my hand, he comes on like the back of my neck. We come in like all weird places. <laughs> I don't know. We kind of get a little creative with it sometimes. And that's like the turn on to you. Like when you were go to sleep with that cum all over you and it's drying up and you wake up and it's like peeling off like that is just gets you off the next day. Like that starts yeah. you going. And the most ironic part, Kathy, is that mm -hmm. my husband does not have this fetish at all. So it's really interesting, the dynamic between us. Like when we first met, yeah, he'd come on me and I'd be like can you like rub it on me? And he's like, Oh God, no, absolutely not. I'm like, it's your cum. And he goes, I don't care. I don't want to touch my own cum. Like I have no interest in this. Yeah. 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 So over the years we've gotten a little better where like he'll rub it on me and stuff, but, um, he doesn't have a cum fetish himself. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes we'll play with other guys and like my husband will come in my mouth and I kiss the other guy. That's super hot. Yeah. Um, 
or like my husband comes to me, the other guy eats it out of me. So like my husband's not into that part of it. He'll he goes, I'll supply all the cum you need for your fetish, but then somebody else can like help <laughs> clean you know, up. This is why we have a good relationship, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give and take, give and take. And I'm not gonna like force him to do things he doesn't like, but yeah. um, he's really understanding more of like how turned on I do get. So he's a little more into like watching me enjoy the fetish that I have, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where like he wants it like in his mouth or anything. And that's completely fine. We have a few guys we play with that have like zero boundaries. Like my husband will call on me. They'll rub it all over me. Um, So it really depends on like how the guy feels, how far we'll push the boundaries with them. Mm -hmm. So it's been pretty fun. There is testosterone in jizz. This is what I do believe. Like, I, you know, I, I, and I feel like I have read it. And this is where my unprofessionalism comes in. Or someone said, <laughs> don't say unprofessional, Kathy. They say non-professional. You're not. Like, this is where maybe me being a non-professional is ridiculous. But I'm going to tell you that I really think that there's something about, uh, you know, if you're having a lot of sex and you're swallowing a lot of jizz, I mean, for you, you're rubbing it in. The skin is it takes in everything, you know. You must be so fucking high in testosterone because you are taking that in with that jizz as well, for sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. Do you feel like, right? I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I don't, I think it's a real thing. I feel like I've Googled it. I don't remember. (laughs) You know, I go to Google university. I Google everything. And I remember when I first thought of this, I was like, oh, you know, and I used to be so much more sexed up when I was younger before I had a child. And, uh, even, you know, and I think it was because I just like hooked up with a lot of guys, you know, and I swallowed a lot of jizz. I was always the one that (laughs) swallowed. I don't not like you. I don't want it on my fucking face or my body, but I will swallow. And I think that there, there, 100% is something about uh, that going into your body and then making you probably that's why you are so fucking sexed up because it just makes you hornier. All that testosterone. Yeah. Seriously. And uh, so when I was dating the guy with the foot fetish, like he liked, um, because guys are very specific with their foot fetish Mm -hmm. stuff. He liked, um, he wasn't into heels and stuff. He liked ballet flats, like, you know, little slip-on shoes. Yeah. So he would he would come in my shoes and I'd wear my shoes all day. Like, we do very interesting things with come. But it really is, you know, the possibilities are kind of endless. Yeah. Um, whatever somebody is turned on by, that's fine. You just have to find somebody else that is willing to go along with it. No, but and did you thing- get turned on by the, the, the come in your foot at that time? Or was that when it was just starting and you were doing it more for the oh. guy? See, it was weird because with him and the whole foot fetish thing, at first I just did it for him. Yeah. But then once you realize with any fetish, I feel yeah, how turned on the other person is actually getting from it. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to fuck you so much better because you like it becomes this back and forth where you do start to enjoy it and you're not just doing it to get a rise out of them. You know, it does become this cycle of where it wasn't originally my fetish and it's still... I don't think I have a foot fetish at all, but I'm very in tune to guys that do have them. Mm-hmm. I've dated a few now mm-hmm. and it is fun to like know how to turn them on from right? like seeing yes. just the heel of your foot yeah. or just your pinky. T- like you feel like empowered having this ability 
to, you know, get them raging hard. There's the power in it, like you said, you know, and I think sometimes girls don't chase after that. You know, you're very alpha because of all that fucking cum all over your body. <laughs> so, you know, you're more like a dude. But I mean, if women would be a little bit more competitive, like, and get go there, like there is, you do, you do have a lot of power in your hands if you, like you said, if you're with a guy with a foot fetish or any kind of fetish and you put that on or do what he wants immediately just because that fetish is there, like that. That's instant boner fucking turn on. Like, yeah. You know, so yeah. Under, understanding what their actual fetish is. Mm -hmm. Saying someone has a foot fetish is so vague. Yeah. What turns on one guy will turn off another guy yeah. immediately. So you mm -hmm. have to really like ask them and dissect or just pay attention very carefully to how they're reacting to things. So you could really hone in on what they like. Yeah. And then, yes, you have all this control and it's powerful and it's so easy, you know. And I don't mean that in like a negative way where you're, you know, Lazy. misusing the power, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's amazing to see their body respond to something that you would never think would be a turn on. Like it's mind blowing sometimes. I know when I met my husband, he has a huge like breast fetish and I have like nice tits and stuff, but I always thought they were just like nice to look at. I never really did anything like sexual. Like I didn't have sensitive nipples or anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was so into it. I was like, all right, we could like try. And he's like, well, if it doesn't turn you on, it doesn't turn me on, you know? Yeah. And we tried for a while. And I noticed one day, um, I was like, kind of like feeding him on the couch. He was just like, I was laying here. He was like sucking on it. He got hard in like two fucking seconds. And I'm like, what just happened? He's like, I told you like, this is a fetish for me. And I go, wait a minute, this is all I need to do to make you that hard. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So guess who has a nice breast fetish now? I do. Because it's insane, like, the, the pleasure he gets from it. And after a few years of doing this together, like, my breasts are actually so sensitive now that if he plays with them when we're having sex, like, I can have an orgasm. Yeah. So, like, we trained my body to be in tune with his fetish, and it's so insanely exciting now. Yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah, you just have to open your mind and, you know, put a little work in sometimes, you know, in the beginning, like I didn't really feel that much. But then because he would fuck me so good after it, I made that positive reinforcement to my body. Like you do this, you get this. Yeah. And then little by little now, it's so fucking easy to turn me on that way. And he can't believe it, you know, so it's pretty wild what you just have to do for your partner and then they do for you in return. Yeah. It's sending the energy so. to someplace, you know, if you, and what yeah. you did is you started sending it there. Your nips were never getting that energy. You were never focused on them. You just thought that that's the way that you were. But once you actually started working that way and focusing on them, boom, there you go. And I think that that's true for anything, you know, and I, especially for women, I, cause women, you know, sex is very mental. I think more so for women, even than men, uh, that you can, create those connections even if they're not there or were yeah, previously so there over the years i think i've learned it's really important when someone says are you into this mm -hmm. it's very hard to say no unless you are 100 percent sure you've tried it to all extents and hated it yeah but if it's something you're not familiar with or you just don't think you would like it you can't say no you have to i always say well, tell me more about it or how would this go or can we try it for, you know, and then maybe you like part of what they're doing, but then you tweak it a little bit. So saying yes and no to stuff, I try to avoid now unless I have a concrete like hard limit that I hate something. Right. If not, I really encourage people to tell me stuff and people, you know, sometimes it's really hard to admit 
what your fetish is because totally. you don't want people to judge you and stuff. So I always love people that have like off the wall shit that they're into because I'm so intrigued by it. And if it's something I've never heard of or I've never tried, now I'm at the point where like I really want to know about it because I want to see if it's something I could get into, you know? Right, because you know now that just because you're not into something, it could totally change because you proved that to yourself by being open that first time, you know? Look, look at, you went from being horrified by jizz to being like fetishized by it, you know? So, duh, it's, you've proven that to yourself and other people could learn from your stories for sure. I think, you know, for women listening to this, like you said, just try it out. And the moral is like, even though I was supplying like my husband with his fetish in the end i get just as much pleasure from it as he does now yeah so sometimes you just don't know you know you don't know what your body is capable of or what's out there you know sometimes people will hit us up and be like oh i'm into like xyz and i'm like i've never even heard of that so we google it my husband has an extensive knowledge from watching like you know crazy porn and stuff so sometimes i have to ask him like what does this word mean and then he tells me, and then I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty interesting. Like, I want to know more about this. Let's so try it. Just like not judging people is, you know, super, super important. Just because you think it's weird and you wouldn't do it doesn't mean that it's fucked up and it's wrong, you know? And I hate when people, you know, qualify people like that. Oh, he's sick. He's a freak. You know, even on our site now, we get a lot of like custom requests for videos and stuff. And people always go, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I've never told anybody this. I'm so embarrassed to admit this. And I go, why? I go, why are you embarrassed? Fucking own it. If you like it and it turns you on, fucking admit it. And we will help you out. You know, like, I hate when people are embarrassed to say what they like. It makes me feel bad that they don't have, you know, something in someone in their life that they can confide in. Because sex is such an important part of life, you know, and being yourself and having that, like, sexual freedom is so important and it makes such a big difference in your life. So I just, it always makes me sad when I hear people can't tell like their wife about something or their husband, you know, yeah, that's I feel what like I... so happy that me and my husband are so open with each other, but it wasn't yeah, the, always the lucky. like we've had ups and downs with it, you know, yeah. but you have to like work through it to get to that end goal. Yeah. That's what my show is all about. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, not only the person that calls into my show about their fetish is like, oh my God, thank you so much. I never told anybody those kinds of things. I get like hundreds of emails afterwards from people with the same fetish, like, oh my God. And that's why I added on my Fetish Fridays because they're smaller. People will download it, you know, and it's like a a niche kind of a thing. Not everybody wants to hear about a foot fetish, but there's so many people out there. And like I said, so many isn't the majority, but still, you know, in the whole population, there's millions of people out there with a foot fetish that I still want to give those people. Uh, I want them to know that they're not alone. And that's what's very important. It's not just for the guy that talks about it. It's for the guy that's sitting at home thinking he's the only one. And then he hears somebody else with his exact thing. And he's like, oh, OK, I'm not a fucking freak. And, you know, a lot of people, they hear me on these shows, they read my books. They think me and my husband just have this like instantly magical you know, open relationship. And we do, but there has also been like hard parts and struggles and stuff. Like when we first met, we were both in the lifestyle, we we're both experienced, but we were both like harboring certain fetishes we didn't want to like say out loud yet because we didn't want to freak the other person out. And we kept like alluding to things and something was just like off, you know? So one day I said to him, okay, I said, we're going to write each other a letter. Tomorrow morning, we're going to email it to the other person. 
We're going to read through the list of things that we want, but we haven't admitted yet. And then we're going to check off what we're comfortable with, what we're not. We're going to discuss it, you know. And we, he was so nervous because he's like, oh, my God, I like all this, like, really hardcore stuff. You're going to think I'm, like, sick and all this stuff. I go, babe, just let's just see what happens, right? So the next day we, we do the exchange. I remember reading his list and I'm like, why was he afraid to tell me this? Like, I didn't think it was a big deal, but to him, it was like very hard to open up to. So I think he only had like six things on there. Um, He's into hardcore, like the wrecked face fucking stuff where like you're just completely destroyed. Um, And also (laughs) um, into like girls like vomiting during blowjobs and stuff. Uh, okay, I had a time, okay, back in the day when I was like a fucking drinker, crazy person out and about. I was at the limelight on a Sunday night. It was Rock and Roll Church. I was there. I was fucking wasted. It was like a free Jaeger party in the VIP room, and I got really smashed. I wasn't like a beer drinker. And the the whole club was spinning, and I went into a hallway, like, you know, a a, a stairwell, And I was trying to throw up and some guy came up to me and I remember looking back at him. Now, this is like rock and roll days when I'm talking about like 90s. So like or 80s, like everyone has long hair. This guy had short hair. So I'm thinking, oh, he's some clean cut guy. I remember thinking the fact that he had short hair meant something nice. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. And he's holding my hair back at, you know, trying to get me to puke and stuff. And I was just like, oh, I can't, you know, and I can't. And I'm just thinking, oh, thank God this guy's with me because none of my friends were there. I was all by myself. And I'm trying to puke. And then for one second, I think, even though the whole room is spinning, like this guy's like begging me to puke. Like he really wants me to puke. I don't get it. And I turn around and look at him and his pants were down and he was fucking jerking off. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? And he pulled up his pants and he ran away. And I have, that has been one of my favorite stories my whole life. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like a guy that's into fucking vomiting. That could have very well been your husband. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, he was a young guy. Sometimes like people can't get their fat. You know, where do you listen? If you're a guy that's into girls vomiting, like where do you get your rocks off? Like, how do you do it? You know, it's like you a, marry a girl like <laughs> me that will do anything for you. Wait a second. Okay, back to you. So wait, girls vomiting. We're going to go there and like we're going to hear whether you vomit for him. What else was on his list? That's pretty hardcore. Um, I think having... It was like golden showers, um, having a girl like drink out of a, you know, like a dog bowl on a leash. Um, I think the breast thing was on there, like the feeding fetish. Um, That might have really been it. And it was funny because after I read the list, I go, there's one thing on this list I won't do. And of course, he's like, you're not going to like vomit on my dick. Right. I go wrong. I go, I'm not eating out of a fucking dog bowl. And he was like, really? I go, that's yeah, your that's hard insulting line. to me. And he was like, I can't believe that that's your limit. I go, everything else is fine. I go, I'm not. And I still haven't eaten out of a bowl to this day, but we've done everything else. Oh, my God. Hilarious. What so, was on your list? Um, I had a lot of um, like consensual, non-consensual fetish stuff. Um, which turned out he actually liked that too. I remember we went camping one time. This was before we had our RV and we were in a cabin and, you know, it's like you're in the middle of nowhere in a cabin and we start this like, you know, consensual, non-consensual fetish play. So we're going at it hardcore, like in the cabin. And then I am a very dedicated actress to things. Mm -hmm. I don't know what got into me, but I ran out of the cabin, like butt naked into the woods. And he was like chasing me and then we had sex outside 
And he was like, wow. He was like, you're very into these things when you get into it. I go, oh, yeah, I didn't even, I don't know what got into me. I just, like, got in the moment. You were role-playing. I was role like, playing. I'm going to make this as realistic as possible. So you were role-playing so like you funny. were getting raped and you were running yeah. away from him? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, I literally ran out of the fucking cabin like a lunatic. Hilarious. I mean, and he was like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. So I'm very dedicated to things that I start. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of cum stuff. Back when we first met, I had all these fantasies of being the hot wife that went out, played without him. Now that's not on my list anymore because I have no interest in that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we wrote these lists, you know, three years ago. Yeah. Um, I... I forget what else. It was nothing crazy, but it was really funny when he was like, you would really do these things? I go, if they're going to turn you on, I'm willing to at least try. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we've done pretty much anything. And nothing really bothers me. If he likes it, I'm his wife. Wait, can we get into your exhibitionist uh, like fetish? Is that something? I mean, have you ever, is it just about you being in the swingers club and having people watch you? Or do you get off of maybe doing it in places where people could be watching you? I don't know. Do you cross those weird lines or no? I love I love outdoor sex. Right. Um, we just the older you get, the smarter you are. So, you know, there's that line between you don't want to like get arrested for of having course. sex outside. Yeah. But uh, like whenever we go camping and stuff, we're always having sex in the woods. That's pretty hot. I love like nature, outdoor sex. Mm -hmm. Um, and even with the OnlyFans now, when we're filming ourselves, and I know somebody's gonna watch something, or if somebody orders a specific video from us. Like, that is so exciting to me. Yeah, knowing yeah, yeah. someone's going to be jerking off to that. Mm -hmm. um, even when it's just the two of us, you know, the whole room is completely mirrored. So even though he's with me, like, we're looking in the mirror at ourselves. Like, I don't know. There's always some kind of Visual. sense of exhibitionism going on. Yeah. You were always that way. Um, It definitely started once I entered the lifestyle. I didn't know I was like that before. Right. Now, that whole fetish for jizz is that because you say you kind of need it every single time. Is that what goes down during every play? I mean, somebody should, whoever I'm having sex with should come on me. But the yeah, problem yeah. is that sometimes, and this sounds funny, but again, this is real life happening. This isn't like, you're not in a porn set, you know? Yeah. So these are real people. And sometimes they're like, oh my God, like, I'm, I'm like, all right, come on me, like, get ready. And he's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, it stops. I'm like, what happened? He's like sorry, I came inside, like, you're too tight, you were squeezing me, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I ruined it, you know, and then I get all upset, um, because they don't have, like, time to, like, pull out, get the condom off, you know, it does take time and coordination to get everything perfect, but most of the time, I would say people come on me. Right, and now with your husband, you don't use condoms, are you on the pill? Yeah. Okay, because you don't want babies, right? I mean, because... Oh, God, no, absolutely not. Right, right, <laughs> I was gonna say. No, um, hard no. That's a hard limit right there. Yeah, that baby would ruin your whole life. I mean, because, yeah. you know, you just seem so into SEX. Now it's become kind of like a career for you because you do have OnlyFans and you have been getting a lot of play over there. So it is like something now that you do not only just for fun and for pleasure. I mean, it will maybe become like a full-time gig for you. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out where the road is leading, but we're having fun on this like first part of the journey. So it's been I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it at first, but I'm so into it again. The exhibitionist part of it. Right. Like, yeah, it it is so overwhelming to me. Sometimes I get and I have a very addictive personality, which mm -hmm. goes along with everything I've discussed. Right. I take everything 
to like the highest degree I can push it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with this now. Like I always want to top my last video. I always want to do something wilder, you know? Yeah. I, I like that reaction from people. So you don't drink um, or do you drink? No, never. Right, I mean, right. once in a blue moon, like if we're camping, I'll have a beer, but when we play nothing Yeah, yeah. and I prefer if other people don't drink either. I don't, you know, I'm always wary of people that say, oh, I need to have a few drinks to do this. Totally. I need to smoke to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, I don't really like that. I like people that are comfortable and confident enough. You know, um, I, for myself, I don't drink because I want to make sure I am clear and, you know, in the best state of mind for everything. Yeah. Because these are random situations you're putting yourself in. Even if my husband's there, I don't, neither of us drink. Like, it's just, it's not necessary for me, first of all, but it also takes away from things. Then you get guys that drink too much. Now they can't get hard or they can't come because they drank too much or, yeah. you know, and then you have a room full of strangers. You don't want somebody getting shit faced and like ruining the night because they're an asshole now and they're like angry and belligerent. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But when I was single, especially, I never felt comfortable. Maybe I'd have like one drink when we met at the bar. You want to be in control. Right. Yeah, yeah. I never want to wake up the next day and be like, oh, my God, how did that happen? I don't remember something yeah. or I didn't have the ability to say no to something. Yeah. So that's really important for me to always have control Listen, over myself. As, as a girl who always loved sex and I, you know, but I acted out sexually and I was a drinker and I, I'm a non, you know, I'm a sober person for like 18 years, maybe 20 years now. But a, a reason why uh, I quit drinking, uh, one, because I was just blacking out too much, but I had so many nights where I woke up and felt that way. And it was like ruining sex for me. It, but it was becoming something that was like really bad that I felt guilty of. And I think that that happens a lot with alcohol, you know, you Absolutely. get fucking loaded and you're like, who are you? And that was happening to me all the time and it was like bad but I think that's great especially because you have an addictive personality I think if you started to drink a little bit a little bit a little bit before you know you're gonna you would take it to the extreme because that's what Casey does yeah become a (laughs) fucking addict and that's the last thing you want to do yeah so and you know also like I don't want to waste my time finding the right person going out planning this event and then like I don't remember it or it went bad like I want to have a great time when I go out, you know, so it's just not worth it to me. Yeah, 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 totally. You're looking at it the right way because that is the truth that when you don't, you know, I would never even, I was never even remembering any of my experiences blacking out. Whereas when I became a sober person, I, you know, for the last 18 years, every sex I've had, every single thing I've done has been totally clear headed and it's 10,000 times better. But, um, so you're fat, you have the fetish for jizz. You have that. I mean, this is going to have to be on a fetish Fridays episode because it's all about fetishes. (laughs) I never knew that you dated so many foot fetish guys. I, you know, that's the next story I'm going to have you write then a foot fetish, uh, episode for me because I didn't realize that you had this and you were a foot fetish model. Yeah, I also, I worked in a dungeon for a few months back in the day. Like, I've done a lot of random weird stuff. Um, So, What did you do in the dungeon? Well, see, that was interesting because I did that when I was dating that guy, when I was doing the foot parties too, he was like, oh, you should go work in a dungeon. I was in my early 20s. I was not very experienced with anything. And I was horrible. I hated it. I was so insecure. I did a lot of foot fetish stuff at the dungeon and a lot of more like, uh, on the sensual side of role playing, mm-hmm. but I was never like a hardcore femdom. And it's funny because now, you know, 15 ish years later, I do a lot of that stuff now with people, not in a professional dungeon, but I do like a lot of humiliation stuff with guys. And it's so much fun. I'm so good at it now. And I'm always like, damn it. Like, if I could go back in time, 
I would make myself the best dominatrix because now I have so much life experience and confidence. Yeah. But I totally like sucked at it back then. I was horrified by it. Yeah, um, but that's now funny. I would be amazing at it. Because, and you do do it now sometimes with people. You mean like people that come in that are in the lifestyle or partners that you hook up with that are into it? Or do you do it in a way that because people are coming to your OnlyFans and requesting it? Both. So like we had a lot of guys now that want like humili- humiliation stuff like camming or whatever. And that was really interesting to me. I'm like, wait, you want to talk to me so I can make fun of you? Like, you know, humiliation stuff is very interesting to me mentally. Yeah. Like how people get turned on. But it's not my place to question it, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you see how hard they're getting when you're telling them like how small their cock is. It's fascinating to me and I fucking love it. Like I'm so good at it now and it's so much fun <laughs> to be that person. Yeah. But I'm always like, man, I really blew my chances <laughs> back in my 20s. But you just don't know what you don't know. You know, there was no one to like show me how to do these things. Like the girls at the dungeon weren't that friendly. Um, but no one showed you now. I mean, you just sort of became yeah, you're like that persona now. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've tried things on my own back then. I never was in a position that was like the first time me trying something was at the dungeon. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was interesting. But now I think I'd make a great femdom. You know, there's an interesting thing. I don't know if you found one of these guys yet, but uh, there is this interesting thing where guys like to be humiliated financially, meaning they want to give a woman yes. like all their money. I never heard of this. I had a private call with a guy like this and uh, I was like, a fucking fascinating. I'm like, I need to get someone with that fetish on my show to talk about it because it was like on the DL call, but like not something, mm-hmm. you know, that I could air. Um, but I I didn't know that fetish existed. Mm-hmm. There's fetishes for everything, like literally everything, even things you can't even think of is a fetish for someone. And it's just so crazy. And I love when people request things I've never heard of or I would never even think is a fetish before. I'm just like, holy shit, this turns you on. That's wild. Like, and not in a, like mocking them way, like in, in curiosity. an impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That's amazing. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I love being the person that could do weird shit to turn someone else on. You know, like mm-hmm. I get bored doing the standard stuff. So if you can come with me t- with like a creative, unique request, I'm like all about it where other people might be like, ew, why do you want me to do that? I'm like, please tell me more. <laughs> like. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's great. That's great. People, that's... If not, it just becomes boring all the time. The same shit, you know, every day. So, oh, you're gonna get a lot of fetishy guys emailing you now. <laughs> what is some of the like? What like name something recent that you got that actually turned you on? Maybe that you were surprised recently. I know that all these things were at first not a turn on, but anything new recently that you're starting to get into? Well, definitely like the cock humiliation is fairly new. Mm-hmm. And that when the first time I did it, I'm like, I don't know if I could really do this. Like, I'm yeah. going to feel so bad. Yeah. But we went over like an email, like all the parameters. And I'm like, OK, I'm just going to go for it. And I started easy because I was so nervous. But then once he was like really getting turned on and you could tell he's getting you could see he's getting hard, like over the cam. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to like say some crazy shit right now. And it worked. And I was like, oh, OK. So then you just get every time you try something, you get more confident and more comfortable, you know, and uh, you just you have to be really good at reading people's reactions for stuff like this. Yeah. If, if you see, like you said, the wrong thing, you pull back and switch gears. If you're getting a good reaction, you go a little harder. 
Um, cause some people don't want to give you too much detail. They're like, Oh, just like run with it. And I'm like, Oh, that's so much pressure. Like this could fucking blow up in my face right now. So you have to like really adapt and use all of your knowledge from like every experience you've ever had to do like your best job to fill this role for somebody. But I really like, I just love being that person for someone that we get a lot of people where, you know, they're like, I've been married for 30 years, but I'm, my wife would leave me if she knew what I was into, you know? And I like being that relief for somebody that is very thrilling to me. The fact that they're comfortable enough to tell me um, that they let me like do that for them. That's one of the biggest, like, I don't even care what the act is. It's just the fact that they trusted me enough to let me help them with this fantasy that they've been harboring for, you know, 30 or 40 years from the world. So that's what gets me off. Right. And it always comes down to the fact that 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 power too that that you are turning them on and then ultimately you get turned on by it as well. Yeah. Especially if they're like you're the only person in the world that knows the secret. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, holy shit, that is amazing. That's a turn on to you. Yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. Yeah. Interesting. You're going to get a lot of like I said, a lot of guys (laughs) (laughs) calling you in. Do you know what I mean? I have to yeah. Google that whole fetish thing for, not the fetish, the um, jizz thing with the testosterone. But I mean, did you feel like when you started to do, get more into the uh, the fetish for cum that you got more horny? Like, did you, did you notice anything? It's hard to say, but I mean, I do joke around like that when people go, you're always so horny. I go, well, I bathe myself and cum, like, yeah. obviously. But, you know, I'm only half serious. I don't fucking know. No, but I, I think do, it's like, true. I joke about that sometimes. No, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, go. you know, I'm going to go to Google University when we get off the phone and Google it and then post like a link if I get in the description. Because I do, I think I did Google it and find out even because I used to always work out back in the day when girls didn't use weights, but I did when I was really young and I would be working out in the back of the gym with guys uh, all the time, you know, and that, because that's the way I like to roll. I never did cardio. I was skinny. I wanted to build muscle. So I was always with guys in the back doing weights and stuff. And I always was like very guy like and horny and whatever. And then when I had a child, I was a stay at home mom. It was very important for me to be with my kid in the formative years because I didn't have that, you know, and that's what I wanted to do. I didn't have to work. I was able to do that. And I was with him and I was with fucking women 24 seven. Okay. And let me tell you, I felt like I had so much estrogen. I got like thick in the middle. My boobs got bigger. I'm like, oh my God. And I just felt like so less like a dude like I used to when I was around all those guys because all I was around was women. Do you know what I mean? And I do think that there is that there is something to that for sure. It's not even just the jizz. It's the energy. It's the vibe, you know, because I felt very different when I was in the gym all the time and always around all these men as opposed to then when I switched and was just women all the time, you know. Uh, there was, I felt more estrogen dominated. You know, whereas when I was the before my child, it was like more testosterone. And then, you know, eventually I got back to it. But it's uh, it there definitely is something to it for sure. And I think I Googled that, too. That's interesting, because even from when I was like very young, which yeah. was like kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. I've always had male like best friends. Me and too. Even now, yeah. mm-hmm. my best friend is a guy platonic, never had sex with him. Like, yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. Doesn't know anything. Yeah. But I am just always like 
have guy friends. I'm one of those people. You have very to. Hard, you know, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just more natural for me for some reason. No, I'm going to tell um, you why. You just haven't been able to put it in words and you're going to be like, yeah, because I I realized too. I always had girlfriends. I always needed a girlfriend because I am a girl and I need to like rap and ha- I, I have that part of myself being fulfilled through a sister as well as always like a, a best friend girl. But I always had a lot of guy friends too. And it's because... I am so alpha in a certain way. I could really be myself with my guy friend. I need an outlet for my the part of myself that says, shut the fuck up, you fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Like, I like to just talk that way. And I'm like very aggressive. And guys don't blink an eye. But I can't mm-hmm. be that part of myself with my girlfriends. I'm my other part of myself, you know. But there's a very big part of me that is uh, very direct and very truthful and potty mouth and aggressive and pushy and bossy. And my guy my friends are like, no fucking question. Like, they think it's funny. You know, they're not so serious. They don't take it personally. I don't have to walk on eggshells. And I feel like that's a big reason why I have guy friends, because I need to release that, that energy. And I could release it there with them. And I don't mm-hmm. release that with my girlfriends. <laughs> you know, it's a totally different thing. Right? Don't you think? Yeah. And also just like, as far as girl, like, I'm not into makeup. I don't go shopping. Like I don't do a lot of like typical, like quote unquote, like girl things, yeah, like yeah, activities yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I guess the combination of everything, like, you know, you have more um, in common with them. Yeah. I have like female acquaintances, but my close friends are generally guys, which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I got that. I just think like I, I have always had my guy friends and I do think, you know, when you're around a lot of male energy, it just feeds that sort of thing, which makes you not only, you know, all that jizz stuff and all your guy friends and all, you know, uh, and all the sex that you're continuing to have and all these gangbangs and all these guys. I mean, it's, there's, there's, that's the reason why you're so supercharged up and horny because you have said like you need I think I made an audiogram about it. You know, you need multiple men at one time. Like, you need that to have sex. I mean, that's, like, your thing. You need that fulfillment. You know, right? Yeah, and again, that goes to, like, my addictive personality. It starts yeah. with one person, and then it just escalates. You know, like, I can't, like, control things like that. It's just anything that I like has to be to, like the most extreme that it can be. And I can't, you know, I always tell people, at least it's sex, at least it's, somewhat of a healthy addiction if you want to call it an addiction you know i don't really think i have an addiction because we go you know spells without playing with people like it's not like that the other question i always get from people is oh my god how often do you guys have dates and i'm like there is no answer to that because it varies so much Mm -hmm. like we could play four times a week we could play one time we could play zero we might not have a date for like two months Mm -hmm. because Especially in the summer, we're camping or on the boat. We are so fucking busy that, like, lifestyle goes to the bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, so, like, fall and winter, we definitely play more. Sometimes, like, A, we don't have the time or we're just not in the mood or somebody wants to hang out. But I'm like, you know what? I just want to stay home and watch a fucking movie with my husband on the couch. Yeah. And, like, eat a bag of chips. Yeah. Like, so I'm still a normal person. This isn't, like, every single day. And we go through phases. It ebbs and it flows. But the beauty is we do it when we want to do it. And then we don't do it when we don't want to do it, you know. So sometimes you need to take breaks for, like, your mental health. You need to reconnect with your partner. Um, you know, there's all different factors that come into play. So that's so, like, the most impossible question for me to answer when people ask me that. You know, we don't work on a schedule or anything like that. 
Right. I mean, I think that it becomes a little bit more like a job when you do have an OnlyFans and you're starting to tend to that. And the bigger that you get, you will have that. But the greatest thing is that you actually love what you do. And that's what's most important. You know, you don't feel burdened by it whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, like I post every day. So we post like all our dates that we have. But if Mm -hmm. we're not having a date, I'm still having sex with my own husband, you know. So we're not like going on dates just to make content. We don't do that. Right, 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 right. It's just like a a video diary of my life, whatever is happening that day, like you're going to get to see. But we don't say like, okay, tomorrow night we have to meet this person so we can post it. Like, I don't do that at all. No, and Um, what's great about you, and this is why I think you'll have a lot of guys coming over, because what they heard you say is, you know, when you get... Uh, customize, you know, in order for something customized, you're like, get excited. And it is a turn on to you because you are an exhibitionist and all it's very loaded for you in a positive way. So you're not just doing it for the money. You're doing it like it is an added pleasurable experience for you. Yeah. I'm not one of these people that's just like, okay, fine. Like how much, how much, like, like they're like bored to death or they're just doing it to like pay their bills. Like this is just like a fun thing that we do, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of people have responded to that to me in a positive way. They go, even when they listen to like me on the podcast, yeah. you sound like you're having so much fun talking, like the passion we hear in your voice, yeah. like you're, you're not faking it. I'm like, nope, this is all real. So I think that comes across, you know, the genuine factor intrigues people a little bit from what I've, you know, heard as feedback. And another thing that's very interesting about me, I think, which I don't really talk about much is if you met me in my regular life, like vanilla world, you know. I am very quiet. I am very reserved. I am much an introvert. Um, if Love we are that. like, if we're walking down the street, my husband talks to every fucking person that walks by. Mm-hmm. I always look the other way. I try to avoid conversations with like, I am so the complete opposite, even though they're both my personalities. Yeah. Um, when it relates to sex, I just become this whole new, like bold and like energetic chatty person. Yeah. And in normal life, I'm just very different. So I have these two personalities. So the OnlyFans is really interesting for me because I get to be like my other side yeah. a lot more of the time now, which is really fun for me. Um, and it's like a great escape for me sometimes, like and just like being able to connect with people in that way. But yeah, generally people, I'm one of those people that go, oh, you have rest, resting bitch face. Like you look like you don't want to be bothered by people. You always look angry and miserable. And I'm like, I'm just minding my own business. I'm not doing anything, you know, but I am not this like bubbly, like bigger than life personality. If you just met me in the supermarket or the gas station, you know, like you would never know I'm the same person. And I also really enjoy that part of it because I just get, to be this free person most of my time now um, and interacting with fans in that way is really like liberating for me. So I appreciate that aspect of it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting too. You know, that really works because you're getting to express that part of you where you don't feel comfortable or whatever the reason is that you're not putting it there in your regular life. You do have that part of you in there and you're getting to quote unquote act it out give out your only fans and i'm gonna put it in and i know that you had an instagram that likes changed recently so give out all that information i'll also put a link in the podcast episode if you're on youtube you're gonna have to go to the podcast episode to find her links or listen now and fucking write it down because i can't <laughs> put links over there <laughs> give your info all right instagram is at in bed with strangers dot official Mm-hmm. And OnlyFans is at Hot Wife Life eight six nine. 
Okay, so I'll put your uh, Instagram information. The other thing is Casey writes for me. She writes stories for me. She's also You also have books that you sell. Why don't you give a shout out to that? Like you do have like erotica. You write that. You wrote stories for me um, for my uh, episodes, which are fucking great because I tried like five other people before you and fired them all. And I haven't fired you yet, which means that you're fucking good. So there you go. <laughs> well, I've... I can relate to most of the stories that we write. Well, yeah. Um, once after I heard you talk about the foot fetishes, I'm like, that's going to be the next topic. I didn't know. <laughs> that's going to be my next topic because you know and you could get in the head of that guy. Um, so give your shout out about that too so people could, because really your books are your story. Yes, they are all true life memoirs. Um, so that's why I say the OnlyFans is just like the visual part that goes with the books now. It's all cohesive. Uh, everything is about me <laughs> yeah 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 so um, give out that info they could find you on Am they could find you on amazon right and you're yes, casey donatello if, yes or if you go to my instagram and click on my bio my link tree is in there with everything you could need to know about me all the books are in there but the books are the first one is in bed with strangers swinging my way to self-discovery the second is scarlet swings higher and the the third is scarlet surrenders but you can find all of them uh, through my Instagram page. That's the easiest way, probably. But Scarlet is you. That Yeah, that's like my uh, screen name. Right. You know, mm -hmm. in the book. So Yeah, that's awesome. So if they want to get, you know, hear these stories, all your stories, they could also listen to your episodes that I had here, 527 and 548. You give your backstory there, but they could read with way more detail all of your books. Absolutely. And then go join your OnlyFans. All of your links will be in the description. Casey, I can't have you like as a permanent fixture on my app, on my <laughs> podcast, but I'll definitely have you back on. Every time I talk to you, you add another fucking thing, and I'm like, what? Like foot fetishes, people, and you know, your husband with the puking. I mean, come on, there's just too much always, and I feel like I just went all over the place and didn't just stick to the j fat, the jizz thing. We but never stay on track ever. <laughs> I can't. That's just the way I go. I, you know, and that's fine because I think that there's so there's so much more in this episode than just that, which I think is great. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, Casey. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. 
with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.